you have your Bible with you today, I want you to find the book of Matthew, okay? Find the book of Matthew. It's the first book in the New Testament, right? The New Testament's the second half of the Bible. So Matthew, and we're going to be in chapter 7. So find Matthew chapter 7, and we're going to get to that in just a few minutes here. I'm excited. Matthew, um, any of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, are exciting to read about because that's the, the life, the teachings the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Um, this morning, we are continuing our series that we started last week. This series is called Don't Waste Your Life. And I'm pretty sure that if I asked every single one of us here, like, hey, would you prefer to waste your life or not waste your life? I'm pretty sure we're going to have a unanimous decision on that, right? So this is a big deal. Last week, Pastor Kyle, he kicked it off, uh, this sermon series off, by really giving us the main point of this whole series. He talked about uh, how we should be wrestling with this tension between this life and the next. And this life here is short, it's temporary, and in contrast to that, eternity is forever, <laughs> right? It's a long time. And that part's pretty obvious, right? This, earth is, this, this time on earth is short, eternity is long, but the tension comes when you realize that most people, most Christians even, um, are living for right now. We're not living with eternity in mind. We put our time, our money, our focus on making this temporary life comfortable instead of using all that stuff that we just talked about um, for eternity and making sure that eternity comes out the way that we want it to. We came to this conclusion last week. It was this. We waste our lives when we make now more important than forever. And so today I want to build off of this idea and ask, what holds us back from focusing on forever? Why is it so easy to make now more important than forever? And before we even start, I want to make sure you understand the tone of this message, okay? The tone of this message. We're going to talk about some tough stuff today. We're going to talk about um, the way many of us might be living in this current world and, and how we might be missing it just a little bit. Throughout this message, I do not want you to feel judged I don't want you to feel looked down on if any of this pertains to you in any way. I don't want you to get offended or angry. I, I seriously want this message to encourage you. I want this message to be a, a tap on the shoulder from the Holy Spirit saying, hey, let's take a step back and let's figure this out. Let's figure this out. What are the things that are holding you back? And so I'm up here today, and I say this with all sincerity, and maybe you don't know me, and maybe you don't believe me, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's true. I'm up here because I care about you. Even if I don't know you very well or at all, I care about your relationship with Jesus. That's why I'm a pastor. I love seeing people grow in their relationship with Jesus. So please, if I say something today that you get a little, I don't know, fussy about, give me the benefit of the doubt, okay? I'm ex I want you to be excited. I don't want you to get upset. Deal? Deal. Deal. Thank you. All right. So we're going to start by looking at the Bible this morning. Would you please stand with me just out of respect for God's word? We're going to read two verses. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. 
And here's what they say. It says, enter through the narrow gate. This is Jesus speaking, okay? Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Hmm. So we have this wide road that leads to death that most people travel, but we want to find this narrow road that leads to life. Let's pray. Okay, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just illuminate some things inside of us today. Some things that might be a little bit off of what you have taught, what you want, how you want us to live. And give us the desire today to follow your path and to live for eternity in mind, not for the here and now. And we pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can have a seat. All right. I wanna, I'm going to start here by telling you the story of God's smuggler, okay? It's a book I just read um, a couple weeks ago, uh, God's Smuggler. In 1955, a young Dutch man, recently out of the military, who recently decided to become a follower of Christ, had the opportunity to go to Poland, okay? 1955, think about this, just a few years after World War II, right? He has this opportunity to go to Poland, for a conference that was aimed at teaching youth why communism was so attractive. Now, he was not interested in communism, okay? He was a Christian. Uh, Christianity and communism don't see eye to eye very well. But what he wanted to do is he had heard that, um, that churches in these communist countries behind the Iron Curtain were really struggling, and he wanted to see this for himself. So he gets to go to this one in Poland, and then a short time after the one in Poland, he gets another opportunity to go to another communist youth rally in Czechoslovakia. And on both of these trips, he sneaks away from his group, like in one of them, he literally sits in the back of the bus, and when nobody's looking, he like opens the back door and sneaks out and jumps out and runs away. And he wants to go see what the church is all about, and so he goes looking for churches. And what he found was very interesting. See, in most communist countries behind the Iron Curtain in the 1950s, churches were allowed to exist. They were legal. If they followed certain rules, which actually caused them to compromise their Christian beliefs. Many pastors, because of the persecution, they caved, and they became basically puppets for the government. Um, but there were a few, a few churches, a few pastors that declined this, and they became secret churches, and they kind of went into hiding, and they continued to preach the whole truth of the gospel. And now these churches um, in communist countries like Poland, Czechoslovakia, Bulgaria, Romania, Russia, China, they were, these, these secret churches were constantly like, being watched and being sought out and, by the governments, right? Uh, and if they were found out, their church leaders were arrested, at the very least, and the members were heavily persecuted. In one instance, Brother Andrew um, goes to this church and they ask him to speak. And so he gets up and he's speaking and, and he, says, he says, okay, everybody, would you, just like I did this morning, would you grab your Bibles and would you open to, and he says a certain passage, I don't remember which one it was. And the mood in the, in the room just all of a sudden completely changed. Everybody was like, and, then like, and he's like, open your Bibles, and they're like, oh. And he's just like, and the pastor stands up and says, um, 
we don't have any Bibles. You see, Bibles in these countries were being confiscated, they were being destroyed because it was illegal. In some cases, the Bible was actually being changed and used as propaganda for communism. It was basically impossible in some of these countries to find a true, real Bible. And from then on, from that moment on, Brother Andrew made it his goal to bring the word of God to countries where it was illegal to have it. Um, This is so crazy, this book. You guys should read it. It's so good. On these journeys, he would pack his car full of boxes in the back seat. He would put his luggage in the trunk, and he would put all these Bibles in his luggage. And he would come up to these checkpoints where these guards with, like, machine guns and, you know, like, just like the old movies where they had that thing across, he'd come up to it, and the guards would check his whole entire car. And as he would get there, he would pray this every time. He called it, uh, he called it the, the, God, the smuggler's prayer. He would pray, God, you made blind eyes see. I pray that you make seeing eyes blind. I mean, he's sitting there with sometimes hundreds of Bibles. He would take a Bible out just to make sure it was God and put it in his lap. He would take two or three Bibles and he would throw them on the passenger seat just to make sure this was God's will. And these guards would go around and search and dig through his luggage and look all over his back seats. They'd open up the boxes and somehow they wouldn't see the Bibles. What? Like, this is amazing. This man... And these churches that committed to living for God, like no matter what, had every reason not to. They had every reason to take the easy way out and to live under the expectations of the world that they were surrounded by, but they chose not to. They refused to take the easy path. They were completely surrendered to God's way. Check this out. Throughout his life, Brother Andrew helped smuggle 10 million Bibles into countries where it was illegal. He started out with this tiny little Volkswagen, you can see it on the screen there, by just filling that thing up. And by the end of his career, he was shipping full shipping containers into China full of Bibles. Where is it illegal to do that? Like, amazing, amazing story. So with that in mind, we're going to take another look at our passage from this amazing book that we are apparently super lucky to have. So this passage we're looking at, Matthew chapter 7, is part of the greatest sermon ever given. Matthew's chapter 5 through 7 records Jesus giving what we call today the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount. This is Jesus putting together some of his main thoughts and then standing on this huge hill with this massive crowd and sharing with these people what he has been teaching, what he wants to teach. Now, Most of these people, a lot of these people um, who were around for this message were not necessarily sold out people for Jesus, okay? They were interested in him. They, They knew that he was doing some crazy, amazing things. His teachings were different, and so they wanted to come and check him out, but but they weren't necessarily all sold out, okay? And I think that's very fitting for the church in America today. Many people are interested in Jesus. But I'm not sure how many are completely sold out and surrendered to him. And that's what we're called to do. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. 
Jesus, in, in his word, says things like, if you lose your life, you will find your life. That's hardcore. <laughs> he says things like, take up your cross daily. Jesus never said that following him would be an easy task. But somehow in America, we have made it sound like it's as easy as just believing. There's actually more to it than that. And I know that's a little bit of a controversial statement, and we're gonna, I'm going to get into it, so don't hate me yet. But if it was just that easy, I think that the wide road that we read about would be the one that everybody travels and follows Jesus, right? Like that would be the wide road to life. But Jesus knew that people were going to have a tough time with following him. This is, this is very relevant to us today. There's still a wide road and a narrow road today, okay? This isn't just for people back in Jesus' time. So in these verses in chapter 7, Jesus is telling all these people on the side of the hill, many of which are kind of following him, he, they're interested and they're thinking about it, but this is what Jesus says. Jesus says, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Now, I want to make sure that you understand that this, these verses fit into the series that we're talking about, Don't Waste Your Life. You might be like, how does this fit? So I'm going to show you another translation of this passage here. But if you, don't, if you didn't know this, we have an English translation of uh, the Greek, the original Greek text that the New Testament was written in, okay? So people have taken the Greek text and they tr- text and they translate it into English, Well, there's different people who have translated it, and sometimes they take one word and actually say, well, I think this word actually means this. So sometimes that's why we have different translations that sound a little bit different. The idea is still exactly the same. We just have a couple words. So I'm going to read to you from the New Living Translation. And this is what it says, verse 13. It says, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who cho- there are many who choose that way but the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it so you can see this passage here is very much talking about how we will spend eternity we have god's kingdom we have highway to hell we have gateway to life it's talking about how we need to be careful not to waste our life so that we miss the gate to God's kingdom. If we take the wide road, we will end up in a place that we are not going to enjoy. If we take the narrow road, we will enter God's kingdom and have eternal life. Now, I don't know about you. Actually, I probably do know. I want to take the narrow road, right? The highway to hell is not as fun as the song actually makes it sound, okay? (laughs) I'm sure you know that these roads as well, these wide ro- this wide road and this narrow road, I'm sure you understand what they represent. But really quickly, I want to make sure. So here's the wide road and the narrow road. What are they? Quite simply, the narrow road is following Jesus' plan for our life. And the wide road is not. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really that simple. The narrow road is living this surrendered life to Jesus that is laid out for us in his word, in the Bible. The wide road is doing things the way everyone else is doing them. It's living 
for worldly pleasures and living for ourselves. It's following our own dreams and desires. It's living with this temporary life in mind without living for what comes next. That's the whole tension in this whole series. Living for now instead of living for what comes next. But why do we have, why do we have to live life the way Jesus wants us to? Okay, I'm going to get into a little theological thing here for you. Is that how we get to heaven? Is living the way that Jesus wants us to? This is an interesting conversation because um, we, we talk about how we are saved because of our faith, right? Aren't we? we? I mean, we just, with baptism, we just talked about that. Like, we're saved through our faith. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Okay, so if that's the case, if we don't work our way into heaven, why does Jesus tell us that we need to live his way on the narrow road to enter his kingdom? Earlier, I told you about this amazing story of God's smuggler, a man who brought Bibles into countries where it was illegal. And I want to show you a quote from this book from Brother Andrew. Um, He recalls a conversation, a prayer that he had with, with God one day. And so he writes this. He writes, what is it, Lord? What am I holding back? What am I using as an excuse for not serving you in whatever you want me to do? My yes to God had always been a yes but. Yes, but I'm not educated. Yes, but I'm hurt. With the next breath, I did say yes. I said it in a brand new way, without qualification. Whenever, wherever, however you want me, I'll go. And I'll begin this very minute. Lord, as I stand up from this place and as I take my first step forward, will you consider that this is a step towards complete obedience to you? I'll call this the step of yes. Doesn't that sound exciting? Like, I mean, he's just like, whatever it is, God, I'm in. I heard a missionary once say, I went to the altar and it changed my life. I prayed with a friend of mine and I said, yes, God. Yes, God. And his friend was like, what, what? And he's like, I don't know. Yes, God, now what is it? Yes, God, now what's your question? Man, what a powerful statement. You know, the narrow road, it might look tough. And it is, right? But it's an amazing ride. There's nothing more excited than living more exciting than living for God, like really living for God. When you wake up in the morning, you have no idea what amazing thing he's going to ask you to accomplish that day. Like that kind of faith. Just this last week, I had three different like supernatural moments where God used me to speak truth and hope into people's lives. I was just going about my day and bam, in the middle of normal conversations, I got to help these people take huge steps in their relationship with God. It was amazing. It was so exciting. And as I was putting this this message together this last week, I couldn't stop thinking of a conversation I had with a friend here at church. He went off-roading in his Jeep last week, and I saw some of the video of of the narrow, bumpy, muddy road that he took, and I thought to myself, like, that's, I don't know if that's a good idea. You're gonna wreck something. But when I saw him in church uh, the next day, this last Sunday, 
I asked him about it. He literally said, it was so much fun. Doesn't that look like fun? Like that's the narrow road, people. If we live for God, I'm telling you, it's, it's tricky, it's hard, it's bumpy, but man, is it good. It is an adventure. And here's what I want you to know. Listen to this. The narrow road may frighten you some, and many sizable bumps will get in the way, but the journey it gives you and the location it leads is worth every step of the way. Okay? Gotta get that. It's scary. It's bumpy. But even, not only just the location where we're going to end up, but the ride, the path, it is so worth it. It is so worth it. Would you bow your heads? Maybe you've heard this stuff about the narrow path and you're thinking, you know what, I want to go for it. I want to start down that path today. Listen, Jesus made a way for you to do that. He died so that you could be forgiven of your sins and start a relationship with him. Start down this path. That's the start of your faith journey. And if you aren't sure if you're right with God through having a relationship with him, you've never started this relationship with him or you want to get back on this, this, in this relationship with him, you want to start that today, here's what I want you to do. Just as a sign of commitment, as a, sign, a step of faith, I want you to raise your hand so I can pray with you. If you're in here and say, that's me, I haven't started this journey with God, but today I want to do that. And if you're online, you can do this as well. You can make this commitment today. Anybody in this place who says, that's me, put up your hand so I can just pray for you this morning. I want to start this journey with God. Awesome. All right, here's what I want to do. I want us to pray. I want everybody here to pray this prayer together, okay? And, and if, you are, if you're making this decision today, pray this with your whole heart. These aren't magic words, right? Just because you say this prayer doesn't mean you're saved. But man, there's something about confessing with our mouth that changes us. So let's pray. Everybody, just pray with me. God, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. Jesus, I believe that you are my savior. Forgive me of my sins and help me to walk this narrow path. Amen, amen. Can we celebrate that together? That's awesome. And as we go, I wanna pray that we would shake off whatever is holding us back from walking this narrow path. So one more time, pray with me. God, there... There's a good reason you want us to walk down this narrow road. You want us to have life that is truly life, and you want us to live with you in eternity. God, you want us to live so that we please you, so that others can even come to know you and spend eternity with you. God, don't let us waste our lives by traveling the wide road. Help us to figure out what is holding us back. Even this week, I pray, God, that that there would be a desire, that there would be, uh, that you would speak to us, that we would want to hear from you. And God, when you do, give us the discipline to do these things. Remind us of our love for you so that we will have a desire to do all these things. Jesus, we pray in your name, in your name.